0: Welcome to another episode of You See Me, But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. Got my guy here, Robert Scott, and this show today is all about me. Yes, it is. And we picked the perfect person to do it today. So welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you for having me. Uh, i am looking forward to it. We roll with it.
1: Well, I've been looking forward to this for three weeks now because <laughs> I knew uh, we are going to get deep. Uh, you've been doing real well. I'm so very proud of what you've been doing and the product that you've been putting out. Uh, that's awesome. And a lot of times what happens is people do these kinds of things and they try to keep their self hidden. And today we're just going to try to peel back some of the layers of Reggie Osborne <laughs> and see how we can talk. So let's start off. I want to know about... Uh, high school down, where you were born. What kind of high? Because I, I, if I'm correct, your dad was pastor and yes. mom. So yep. I want you to tell me about what life was, city you grew up in. I know you country. We know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we want to just see. So talk to me a little bit. <clears throat> well, man, I tell you, it. Uh, I grew up. I'm a Texas kid. Grew up in Garland, and. Uh, Mom and dad have been married for 55 years, so I'm one of the fortunate ones that was able to still have mom and dad around. Uh, High school, starting in the early, early years, I was a hellion. Just unbelievable in school and, and everything, which led to my pops taking us out of a black and Hispanic school district or schools mm-hmm. and dropping us in white America mm-hmm. my eighth grade year because I was always fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so he dropped us. He was like, hey, we're going, we, we wasn't the Jeffersons, mm-hmm. so it wasn't no moving up, it yeah. was moving out right, of right, the hood. Right, and right. so we, um, he moved us to an all-white school and only black kid. In the eighth grade, my sister was the only black, only female in the sixth grade. And then my brother was in elementary, and Good. he was the only black kid in the Good. elementary school. And uh, <clears throat> I'll never forget it. My pops went to the principal, and the principal asked him, why are you bringing them here? Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked at me. He was like, you know what, Shh, man? I want my kids to have a good education. Right. And this is the spot for them to have a good education. And uh, so from there, you know, played football all the way through high school, uh, some college. And uh, I remember one time my mom asked me, she was like, why do we have all these mixed grandbabies? Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, what? She was like, why? I was like, you don't know. I said, what did you do? You pulled us, you plucked us out of one environment and Mm -hmm. put us in another environment. Mm -hmm. What was I around? Mm -hmm. And she said, you know what? Never thought about it. But I have to go back because I remember uh, at church we're talking about the pioneers and this Mm -hmm. and that, right? Right. My pops was a pioneer Mm -hmm. to get his kids out of a situation and put them in a better situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's basically... The start of me being who I am. And now, one thing I can remember is, I remember I was 12 or 13, and my mom, I was out playing with my cousins and everything, and, and my mom was like, all right, y'all need to behave out there. Well, I have an older cousin that I started. I ran from him because right. I was afraid of him. Right. <clears throat> my mom brought me in my grandmama's house, whooped my butt with the door open so everybody could see her Mm -hmm. just tearing me up, right? Mm -hmm. So after that point forward, and you'll get where I'm going with this, after that point forward, Reggie became Reggie. Mm -hmm. I didn't run from anybody, didn't stand down from him. Actually, I fought everybody. Mm -hmm. Girl cousins, boy cousins, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so that's who I became, you know, uh, but— it's, it's the start of what you see now. <laughs>
1: so talk to me a little bit. What were the issues that caused you to want to fight? Because you have no middle ground. you either way here <laughs> or you way up here and there's no gray. So where did that come from?
0: I think it came from after, well, you know what? I think where it all came from was second grade. Actually got slapped by my teacher mm-hmm. in the second grade. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Kids are gonna be kids. And that started my dislike for white people. Mm -hmm. Second grade. Mm -hmm. First, second grade. Because you're growing up, growing up in that era, it was always you didn't, you were not better than Mm -hmm. your counterpart. Right. And I saw it all through high school, but he still pulled us and put us in that world. Mm Um, I would have to say that's where it started because after that, I was just, like I said, I was fighting everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. And didn't it didn't care. take much to trigger you. No, it didn't. So what would be the word that would be that trigger? And what I mean by that is, is it disrespect? Is it cross the line? What What was it that made you say, okay, it's time to put hands?
0: Disrespect.
1: Okay. So you're big on Disrespect.
0: Yes, it, mm. that's that's your your character says everything about you. Right. And who you are says everything about you. And if someone mm. comes up and tests that, then the only thing I knew at that time was, you know what? Like you said, I'm going to lay some hands on you or right, right. I'm going to touch you up. Right, so, right. Uh But I, I think that's what it would be. It would be the disrespect factor. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So then after high school, uh, you say you played football yep. uh, in high school. And then did you take that and go play a little college ball? Yes, I, I did school? play.
0: I went to school at Navarro in Corsicana. Yeah, no it was, And uh, got down there and played with Coach Mack and a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a lot of fun and then blew out my ACL. Okay. And once Back I blew the ACL, yeah. yeah. It, it's not like it was now. You can blow it out and play two weeks later. Mm-hmm. What position did you play? Uh, receiver. Receiver. Receiver, mm-hmm. corner. Okay. Special teams. Could you lay the wood, though? That's that's the question. Could you lay the wood? Okay, I'll put it to you this way. I, in high school, somebody would piss me off, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say anything until practice time. Mm-hmm. And in practice time, that first person that I hit, right. you got what was you kicking me time. off. Yes, yes, from, yeah. from the start of that morning mm-hmm. until practice time, and it was on. Then what was the journey after that?
1: So now we hurt the knee. Yep. And uh, you know, it's funny you said there was a gentleman I know, he uh, played football in East Texas. High school, was a uh, nose guard, played well, went to North Texas. Okay. Second practice, he blew his knee. And come to find out in high school, they had put cortisone in shots when he would hurt it. And so by the time he got to college, he had nothing. And uh, he hurt the knee that... Morning practice. He said. By afternoon, they had come, got his playbook, and moved into the student dorm and sent him to financial aid because um, he was no more used. So when you hurt your knee, were you a freshman? Were you in your second year of junior, JUCO or first year? First JUCO? year. First year.
0: First and, year. And um, and it's crazy because it happened grass field. Little bit of it. You think a football field is level all the way be, around, right. but it wasn't. Um, so I blew my knee out, wound up getting, getting, having surgery done and what hospital for about six days, Mm -hmm. got out and I was right back in the hospital Mm -hmm. and man, we tried every little remedy before I went back in, you know, grandmama's remedy, you know, some baking soda and water cause, cause I had a, a pain in the side. Okay. So I go back in. And get to the hospital, full-blown blood clot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what? I just got out of here seven days ago. So once I went back in, I was in for 31 days. Mm -hmm. So basically lungs had filled up, uh, and it was all from Mm non-movement, which now when you come out of surgery, they're moving you as soon as you get out, right? Right. And so— in there for 31 days, and I was like, man, this is crazy. You know, first thing I thought was, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was, okay, now, how do I rehab, and what do I do from here? And that's when I went into, I went to work for UPS at the time. Okay. Out in Mesquite, Texas, at the big hub, mm-hmm. and then left UPS Wound up getting on with FedEx Mm -hmm. and uh, became one of their swing drivers Mm -hmm. and worked my way up, you know, through the ranks and wound up going into management probably my second year, second year in Mm -hmm. and uh, went into management. They moved me to South Texas. Mm -hmm. And when they moved me to South Texas, I was like, where is (laughs) South Texas? Right. And where my facility was located was far, Texas.
1: Okay. P-H-A-R. Yes, yes. And I was
0: like, is it F-A-R? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, but, but it, it was in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Country. And uh, it was it was an experience because going down and and being one of the only persons of color, you have to learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to adapt being dropped in white America. Mm-hmm. And then I'm having to be, I'm having to adapt being dropped in the middle of South Texas. Yeah. You know, yeah. 10 miles from the border. And how old were you at that time? I uh, was 20. I want to say, I, I think I was 24. Okay. 24 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, got down there and, and ran that facility. And uh, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Mm-hmm. But, it was a learning phase, right? right. So, um, you know, started doing that and got into trouble left and right, and and it was always girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want my I want my piece of right. it, right. you know. Right. Uh, but want my lot, <laughs> right? I understand. But you know, you you learn the older you get, mm-hmm. but. The older I got, I learned that, you know what, uh, you can't, you got to always think a certain way. That's right. And um, that's what it was. It mm-hmm. was, hey, I was like, I'm down here to have some fun. Not thinking, I still got to run an operation, hey, too. Absolutely. You know, so.
1: So then you went, so that's your fresh script. So let's continue that that journey. Yep. So from there, where'd you go? From so there, Talk to me about how you, yeah, from there on, yeah.
0: So from, from FedEx- I took the early retirement because mm-hmm. I had been there over, I think I was going into year twelve, mm-hmm. and they came in with I serve where they basically, upper management down, they give you a severance package to leave so they can bring other people basically cutting costs, right? And uh, so I took that severance package and uh, wound up going to work for Motorola mm-hmm. for about four years, and uh, I ran transportation. Mexico and all across the U.S. Mm. Um, so I handled South Texas, was where I was located, but also oh, had you a still location living in far at the time. yes, okay. yeah. And so I had a location in uh, Chicago that that, that that shout I would out, have to go to, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best food, best pizza. I mean, just just good yes. food all over, right? Um, and then from there, an opportunity presented itself to go to work for UPS. Okay. And so I went to work for UPS, ran their nighttime operation. And you had started there years
1: ago. Though, years and ago. You ended up full circle. Yep, full okay. circle. Oh, okay. And
0: uh, went back, uh, ran their operation for about five years, I want to say, and retired from there. Mm-hmm. I, I worked until I got vested. Okay. And then it was time to, time to stop. But in, in the meantime, I was doing my own little thing on the side, mm-hmm. which wound up turning into a full-time thing. And uh, you know, like they say, the the rest is history when mm-hmm. it comes to that work aspect of it. Because I worked for myself ever since. Mm-hmm. So, how
1: uh, old were you when you started being an entrepreneur, working for or working for yourself?
0: Man, twenty four. Actually, I started when I went to McAllen, mm-hmm. or I went to the far area. Okay. Is is when I started doing it.
1: And what were you doing?
0: I was doing this. Notarizing, so I was a notary signing agent, Mm -hmm. and basically, anytime anybody bought a house, sold a house, refinanced a house, I did all the paperwork. And uh, you fast forward eighteen years later, you're still doing. Still, I still do it, but Mm -hmm. then you know we got the everything else too. So, Mm -hmm. but that's cool. So far, Texas. Yes,
1: (laughs) that had to be there. So you know me. So we, we 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 talking. So your parents put you in a predominantly uh, white environment. Yes. From a young age. Yep. And then you end up in far, same yep. area. And then let's talk relationships <laughs> because and, and and you know, because it's true. You are in an interracial relationship now. Yes. But before that, what did
0: that look like when you when you were going through your relationship? It was always interracial. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I was around, mm-hmm. and yes, I did go out and try to date other, other, other races, mm-hmm. but it always came back to what I knew, mm-hmm. and um, it was one of those things where you where you kind of sit back and and a few years in, I was like, you know what? Let me let me try mm-hmm. and see what it's like to date. I dated a black girl in, in college, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but she was high yellow, so okay. she, she really wasn't black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh-huh. But her from Alabama, okay, mm-hmm. you know, any, anything South is a little bit suspect, right? So, when I, after her, I didn't date any anything else. Now, mm-hmm. now when I was in South Texas, I dated Latino girls. Mm-hmm. But I think what really I sat back, and my mom asked me one day, because I wasn't married at the right. time. She was like, hey, you ever thought about dating black girls? Sisters. Sisters. I mm-hmm. said, you know what? I said, I said you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So found one. I, I call her grandmama is mm-hmm. what I call because right. she was, you know, you at that age where you got grandkids. Right. And everything was cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I think I can roll like this. Mm-hmm. And then some happened, and I was like, uh, "No, it, we, we I ain't gonna be able to do it." Mm-hmm. And I, it was multiple events that happened, not just one. Right. And I was like, "You know what? Yeah, no, I'm done." Mm-hmm. And uh, which is crazy because you go one and done, mm-hmm. but and, and and it shouldn't have been that way. It should have been. Okay, well, that may not have been the right one, right, but right, then you know this right, one right. but you, you know during that process, I was out there, man. I was you know I was dating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and my my second wife was Native American okay and white okay And I wound up calling her, the family knows her as 669, mm-hmm. six, six, You flipped that last nine upside down, and you mm-hmm. got triple sixes because she was the devil's offspring <laughs> all day right. long. Right. Right. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. that one right there should have made me go be a priest or something, though, because right. right. it, it was like, wow. But yeah, that's that's yeah. six six nine is what I call her, yes. and that's what the whole family knows her by. <laughs> so,
1: so, so you were raised you we're go swerve a little bit. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you raised in a pastor's home. Yep. And talk to me about your spiritual journey because I know myself. I was raised in church, and like I told you before, I was the first one up ready to go church. Church has always been in me, a part of me. That's all I ever knew coming out the womb. And so then, even when I left Gary and began to be grown. No matter what I did Monday through Saturday, I found a way into a church on Sunday morning. Um, and so, I
0: made who I am today.
1: So, right. what was your journey like?
0: Man, my journey was growing up Kojic. Or for those who don't know Kojic, what, what Kojic is, think Pentecostal. Church of God. Yes. And it was interesting Because the first time I saw prejudice Mm. in Kojic, a Latino lady came in with one of the ushers or Mm. one of the sisters of the church, right? right. She was in her pants. Mm. She was dressed nice. Mm. And do you know everybody in that church has something negative to say about her Mm. because of her pants? And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, this is church. At least she's coming to church. Right, absolutely. And so I sat there, and, and then just to see how the pastor of that church was, the church was called El Bethel, mm-hmm. but I call it Hell Bethel, okay. because that's what it was. Right. It was no one really did or preached what they said. So mm. they— they made the Bible, as you would say, mm-hmm. your Bible, they made their Bible mm-hmm. pertaining to them mm-hmm. and not anybody else. So it, it it always shook me because I was like, okay, I'm sitting there for listening to this dude and he got a side chick. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother used to always tell me because I, I used to complain about it. Mm-hmm. How am I going to listen to this man? And he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother told me, she said, you know what, boy? She said, uh... You rake all you can, but you don't can all you rake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? She was like, come here, let me show you something. So she had to v- make it visual for mm-hmm. me. She was canning her peaches and her pears, right? And and so she's going through and she's like, okay. I see her go throw one to the left, throw one to the right. Mm-hmm. And then she gets down to it. All the bad ones were on the left. Good ones were on the right. So she said, you rake in all of it, Mm -hmm. but you piece what is pertaining to you. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So growing up Cogit, I think it was the most interesting part of going to church. And I saw so much I mean, I saw my dad get put out of his own church that he started. Mm -hmm. And good thing I was in Arizona Mm -hmm. at the time because Mm -hmm. you would have came in and it would have been Hurricane Katrina. It would have been whatever, right? Right, But it wasn't my spot or my time to Mm -hmm. do anything. That's something he had to work himself through. And the crazy part is it was from family Mm -hmm. that did this. So when people tell me, hey, we're family, we're family, you know, you can say it all day long, but you have to show me mm-hmm. that we're family. So growing up, it's like, okay, I'm I'm watching my pops, I'm watching people, and I'm just, I'm just looking, right? Because I'm like, okay, something, something isn't right here. Mm-hmm. This is not where I need to be. And so I wound up leaving. So when I left and then I started going to church in South Texas, which was one of your non-denominational mega churches. And I started seeing how things were done differently, how people were. Uh, Yeah, you still got your cheating people. You still got your people up front. Mm. But it was more of a genuine type thing. Mm. And um, I was like, okay, so this is what church is about. But to go back, after I left church, I was out of church for— 10 years okay. because I was like man sh- I read my Bible right? I do my praise and worship in the car on mm-hmm. the way to work mm-hmm. okay I'm good why do I got to step in a building mm-hmm. and so I'm sitting there and I'm like okay so maybe it's time and it's crazy because the church I was going to probably had 10,000 people right? 3-4 services a Sunday and pastor was a dude that played ball in high school with Shaq. And uh, so we used to call each other. He used to walk into me, hey, what's up, my brother from my other mother? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's up, dog? (laughs) But when I first started going to that church, I'd walk in. I called my mom from the parking lot. She said, where you at? Oh, don't even tell me. You already at church. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm here. So doors open up. I go inside. Well, as soon as I walk in, I took the first seat at the back mm-hmm. of the church. Okay. Soon as he, re- soon as he dismissed, you're first gone. one out the door. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop to talk to nobody. ain't trying to make friends. I'm mm-hmm. coming in here to get what I need to get, and I'm gone. Well, when I finally met the pastor, he said, yeah, you're that guy that, Sat on the back row, Mm -hmm. same seat, and as soon as I dismissed, you were gone. That showed me people actually watch and pay attention Mm -hmm. to what you're doing. It didn't stop me from sitting on the back row. Mm -hmm. I still sat in the back row, but then wound up, I was... A little more sociable. I was more sociable, but I had become part of his, part of the safety team. Okay. So... I was front and center. Okay. And he always tell me, my brother, when I see you sitting front and center, I know I don't have nothing to worry about. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, you already know. Mm-hmm. I said, so if somebody come rush the stage, what do you think I'm going to do? He said, you're going to Jack Tatum or, or Lawrence Taylor? I said, you already know. And he was like, I don't care. You take care of that threat, and mm-hmm. and I did. I was there for about five, five, six years, and then moved back, moved back to Texas, mm-hmm.
1: probably Up to North Texas because you yep. was in South Texas. Yeah. Right. So I so. left
0: South Texas, came back to North Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, I was going to my pop's church, right. and uh, I'm looking at his people, and I'm like, okay, something, something didn't right. But you know what? I'm gonna go and give it a shot. But mm-hmm. like I used to go loaded for bear every time I went. Right. Well, so he, he asked me one Sunday, he said, he said, hey, he said, are you going to carry to my church? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, what are you going to do if anything happened? I said, I'll neutralize the thread. Mm-hmm. That may involve you changing your carpet in your sanctuary, mm-hmm. but I'm going to neutralize the threat. <laughs> right. And he was like, okay. He was like, well, I don't want you to carry it. I said, "Well, you until you post it mm-hmm. that I cannot carry, I'm going to carry." And he was like, "Well, oh, okay." I said, "But I'll make it easy on you. I won't go to your church." Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been back. It's been probably about eight eight years or so. Mm-hmm. How did that go? I mean, do you
1: did that affect you all's relationship?
0: No, that's that's in my pops. I call mm-hmm. him CO. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't call him dad. I don't call him Papa. I call mm-hmm. him CO, his initials. Mm-hmm. And everybody else don't start started calling him CO. Right, so right. so so no, I, I mean one thing about it, I've always respected my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Always, always. Um But I'm also that vocal one that I'm basically going to say whatever I need to say. Mm-hmm. And his eyes—he already got big eyes like me, anyway. So his eyes get about this big, right? Because he and know you about to let him have it. And I'm like, "Pops, <clears throat> turn off the high beams." Mm-hmm. He just looks at me. I'm like, "You ain't got to turn them off. It's daytime. I mean, you right. got to, you know, you right. got to click on right. high beams." Right. But, but yeah, it was it was in that, and and then from from there, I transitioned. And you've heard this one before, where. What really got my attention was coming back. Well, it was the second blood clot, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm still, I'm still alive mm-hmm. again. So right. there's a purpose for me, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm running back from South Texas and Little Camaro and I'm running about 80, 80, 85. Mm-hmm. Pitch dark. It's like three o'clock in the morning, which is when I would travel anytime right. I was back and forth. Man, I'm rolling. And I mean, I'm when I say I'm rolling, I'm rolling. Mm-hmm. And next thing, deer pops out on me. I'm like, I ain't going to say what I said. Right, right, <laughs> but, right, right. But right. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I hit this boy and I hit him and... I guess when I hit him, I hit him so hard that he went under the car instead of- Over it. Over the car. Right. And I called my mom's. I was like, and I was still able to drive the car Mm. about another 15 minutes. So 15, about 15 miles, I was still able to drive the car to get to a a safe, safe, you know, station and call my, call, call the insurance and- Called my mom. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, it's it's early in the morning. And uh, she was like, what happened? And I told her, she was like, I told you about driving at those times. You know, moms are moms, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> that right there made me change how I looked at things and how I saw things. Mm. Now, was I still me? Yes, but it gave me a bigger perspective on the whole thing okay mm-hmm. you survived two blood clots and a deer running 80 mm-hmm. there's a purpose and you know you 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 fast forward or go back or whatever so everything i was doing on that road led me to where i am now so let's ask you so i'm
1: the wrong one to say so when you <laughs> when you say purpose what do you believe that your purpose on this earth is
0: You know what? I'm still trying to figure out. I know, I think my purpose is to get information out to people or bring people together. Mm -hmm. Now, I've always said I am not pastor material, Mm -hmm. but I can still go be a hope carrier Mm -hmm in any other thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I can always, I can talk to anybody, mm-hmm. laugh and joke with anybody, but I don't have a whole lot of close friends because I don't trust really a lot of people. Right. You know what? It, I think it comes back, it goes back from growing up, seeing the people in the church family, mm-hmm. Not saying all small churches are bad, but just seeing how they were ran and seeing people when they are not in front of anybody else, how they're living Mm -hmm. outside of that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a perfect example. One of my pop's oldest friends, and this dude, biggest Christian had his own church, mm-hmm. everything, right? So my my Tyler, my son Tyler, his mom, whenever we were married, we actually, her best friend and her best friend's mom were real tight. Mm-hmm. And we go over, we'd always go to her house and, and eat dinner, right? And we're sitting down and she didn't say anything to me, so... Doorbell rings. This dude walks in. Mind you He's got a wife and five kids. Mm-hmm. And he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. He walks in. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, why is he here? I already knew why he was there. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, why is he here? So she brings him in and introduces him to us. And I'm sitting there and I was like, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, okay, uh-huh. So after dinner... They were clearing the table off and it was just me and him sitting at the table. And I said, say, "Bruh, I said, I'm not gonna tell my old man that I saw you here. Mm-hmm. I said, but that don't matter. I said, you got a bigger problem. I said, God already see you sitting here. Right. I said, so I don't have to say nothing. Mm-hmm. Man, he looked at me and he was just like, he couldn't say anything. And I was like, you never know who you're gonna run into if you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing, you know? It's usually the time you will. Right. And so, and I want to say probably five years ago, I finally said something to my pops. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, CEO. I was like, man, you know, I ran into so-and-so. He was like, what? When did this happen? And I told him, he was like, oh, okay. So, this was a guy that would discipline and just, you know, just basically. Fire and Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, okay, whatever. So I never looked at him the same, but mm-hmm. it was the same thing with the other ones also. Because I saw it, but who am I to judge anybody, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So. Well,
1: and I think there's a certain expectation that comes with deceit. So I understand why, why you could do that. One of the hardest things is when you, uh, and I think it's for anybody, when a, a pastor is a founder of a church. Um, and a lot of times, seasoned people will come with him and they don't really understand how the church works. And a lot of things can go wrong or be perceived wrong or whatever the case may be. So now, yep. how old are you, Rich? 54. 54. And so you work in your mortgage. Let's talk about your wife, Miss Amy. How'd y'all meet? Amy, man, we
0: met online. Swiping left and right. Yes, sir. So I swiped right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And it was the first time we went out on a date, man, we talked for probably about three hours. Mm. We was in the restaurant an hour before we even ordered because we were talking. And that's how our relationship has gone so we were like, you know what? Both of us have been married before. You know, I was married to 669, and you was married to you know, this dude over here. Right. And I said, you know what? She was like, why don't we just go to Vegas and do it? And we did. Okay, my pop's a pastor. He marries people right. just like you. Right. Went to Vegas. And we have been, and you heard me say this before, mm-hmm. that's my ride or die. Mm-hmm. And she shoot better than me. So I'm gonna stay in line because I'm gonna get shot. Right, right. I right. mean, you know what I mean. Right, but, right. but, but yeah. So we we talk together. We, I mean, mm-hmm. we talk about everything. There is transparency all over. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gotten to that point of transparency because of previous marriage, mm-hmm. marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And so. We sit back. So so yeah, that's my that's my girl. I call a mm-hmm. baby girl and and then my little grandbaby. I call her baby girl. I get both of them in the same room at the same time and say baby girl, both of them. Both looking. of them. <laughs> man. And what does Amy do? Amy does contracts. So okay. she, she works for a, a company out of Oklahoma. Okay. So she does all of their IT contracts. contracts.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And you, how many children do you? I mean, you told me how many so children.
0: So I have one, which is Tyler. Tyler's twenty-eight. Okay. And then uh, Caleb. We have Caleb and Kira. So Caleb's thirty. Kira's thirty-two. And then we got the four, four grandbabies. Well, so you big time granddaddy. Yeah, they call me Papa Wedgie. Yeah. So I just it. I just
1: became a grandfather. Okay. In in November, my son got married, and I'm Pop Pop. So Pop Pop. I'm Pop Pop. <laughs> so. Uh, And I have embraced it. I told my sons, don't bring me no babies till I get 60, because I would be more inclined to accept being granddaddy. But (laughs) uh, I have to say, Jax has just awakened a side of me that left when my boys got grown and left. Right. And uh, so now we're getting ready to have uh, another one um, in May. Okay. And uh, I'm excited, and it's a boy. And so I'm excited... I lost two and Gordon gave me two more. Gave you right? two back. So, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm excited about that. So you, what brought the podcast on? What gave you the idea that I know podcasts have started, you know, have become trends, but what made you want to do a podcast? And then what was your vision for
0: your podcast? You know, it. we have been talking about this for probably two years, and... Amy was like, you know what? You may just need to just go ahead on and just do it and see. And then we happened to find Charlotte, who we go to church with, and she has her marketing company and she does podcasts. So it all came full circle real quick once we did everything we were supposed to do. But the podcast came about because I really had a dislike for people. hmm and I could see you, you could cut me off, whatever. I could see you in the store, I speak to you, you wouldn't reply. And it, ma- it would make me mad. I know. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, the least you can do is reply when someone says good morning mm-hmm. or hold the door open for you. Thank you, whatever, right? And so I got a real taste of it in South Texas. And I really disliked a whole bunch of people. I didn't, I really didn't care. Right, right. And I didn't know you, but I still didn't like you. Right. So I'm sitting back here and I'm like, man. So I'm sitting back and I'm thinking and I'm, and I'm having a conversation with someone and they said, a person sees you but you really don't know what that person has gone through mm-hmm. or anything or what they're going through. Right. And so I said, you know what? That's gonna be the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. You see me, but you don't know my story. Mm-hmm. So I had to start looking, and and first I had to go inward mm-hmm. because everything else, I was <coughs> just like, I was just like, man, I mean, you know, people are just stupid. Mm-hmm. And then after COVID, everybody got. Stupider. I know it's not a word, but it's like it, everyone was living under a rock <coughs> right. for two years. right? And then they came out and, and and just everybody was just crazy. So Pastor Jason asked me the same question. He's like, you know, why? How did it go about? How did it start? And I and I told him something I just told you. Mm. I didn't like people. Mm. And so everything I talked about and the podcast represents, it all comes from... Michael Jackson song, mm-hmm. Man in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror. So, <clears throat> so when you hear that voice, hear that those lyrics, you got to start with you before you start with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, I had to start with right here. Take a look at yourself. Right. You change first and then you start putting people together. So that's how this podcast came about. It was all about telling a story. Mm-hmm. Find out who you are before I look at you sideways. It's very interesting because what
1: happens is a lot of times we walk past people. And it's, just, it's, such, it's so true. You don't know their story. You don't know what made them who they are. You don't know if you look like somebody that may have disappointed or hurt them. You don't know how they were raised, you don't know what their perception of you is. And and so that I thought that was profound when you when I looked at it and said, you don't know my story. Yep. And that's a fact. Because a lot of times we 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 can go to church with people. We can yeah. sit next to the pews and give God a praise with people. Yep. But a lot of times you don't really know why they're praising him like they are. <clears throat> and I think that's real. A lot of times in church when people Especially when you come to church. And okay, so let's be real. The African-American church and the predominantly white church are totally different. Yes. Black people, we know how to give God a praise. You yep. know, we thank him for everything he's done. We thank him for what he's done. And we thank him for the new shoes. We thank him for paying our bills. We thank him for a new job. Yep. When you go to the white church, it was more of a worship environment with just worshiping God. And I always have said that if you could ever put those two together, that church would be ridiculous. Yes. Because you would get some of me and I would get some of you. And so uh, I I think that's profound. And I always taught people that, hey, listen, don't ever look at that person next to you and forget what God did for you. Yep. Because a lot of times we say we want to be like your bible says bring <laughs> bring your sick and bring your down hardened and then bring you you know the ones that are damaged but then when they come you shun them yep or you don't really pay attention to them and then you forget and so i like what you said when you said we have to learn how to put a mirror on ourselves first oh yeah before we start putting mirrors on everybody else uh the bible says that you know you need to deal with the plank in your eye before you deal with the splinter in your neighbor's <laughs> eye right Yep. And so we have to learn how to do that. Um tell me about tell me about your your walk, Reg. I wanna know. So I will tell you, growing up, mm-hmm. I always I I was brought up in tradition. I, I came from a holiness environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came to Texas, it was more of a Baptist environment. Okay um, until I got to the Potter's house with Bishop and I begin to see uh, a different side, the Pentecostal side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then uh, there was a church that Lisa and we left part, we went to a church, uh the Church of Corinth, and that was the first time I had been in a predominantly uh white environment of worship. And Lisa had been in it for years, but I had not, right? Mm-hmm. And so I began to just watch and look and 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 watch the differences, right? And then uh That's where I began, but it it triggered what I had always asked. There's religion, but there's relationship. Mm -hmm. I was never fond of religion, because religion says you can't wear makeup, you can't wear pants, you can't uh, do nothing to your hair, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Relationship says that that's my father. And just like Robert T. Scott Jr., He's going to discipline me when I do wrong and he's going to give me lessons that will carry on my journey. But no matter what, he's going to love me yes. un- with an agape type love that's unconditional, right? There are no rules to relationships, right? Now, the only thing that God has ever said is, if you deny me, I will deny you. Yep. So tell me about when did you learn or when did you transition from religion
0: to relationship? When I left the the black church, when I left Pentecostal, Kojak, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, church, already always knew. My thing is, I'm big on relationships, not mm-hmm. friendship. Relationship. Relationships. And I knew when I stepped foot in the church down south, I was like, okay, okay, I can, I believe I can hang out here for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, <clears throat> I started thinking, getting involved and serving and everything else. And I was like, you know what? This is what it's about. It's not how I grew up. Mm -hmm. It's like how I grew up on steroids, and you just incorporated everybody, Mm -hmm. not just all black people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell people. You know, when I see people, it's like I'll give you a perfect example growing up and going to Kojic. You know the the shouting, the speaking in tones. I can tell you right now, the first time I heard speaking in tones, it scared the hell out of mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Which is probably what it was intended mm-hmm. to do, right? Mm-hmm. You are a kid that is doing bad, and mm-hmm. yeah, because you know PKs mm-hmm. are the worst kids ever, right? And I own up to that. I've known some. Yeah. I mean, I I wear that. Badge. I've known some that have done well. But I I know some that
1: have fit the stereotype also. Yes, we'll say that.
0: I wear that badge proudly because it's you're you're always told to go in a certain way. and you don't deviate from that. But when I saw it, it's it's like I have a cousin. And everybody says, as soon as she starts shouting, you think a hurricane came through the church because she turning over tables, mm-hmm. chairs, benches. It's, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, I had my mom laughing one day, and, and one of my aunts, she <laughs> she everybody, they were praising worship. Everybody's going all, mm-hmm. you know, acting like they act, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of glanced to see if I was behind her. She saw I was there And she decided She's just gonna fall out mm-hmm. I stepped to the side You didn't catch your auntie, man No <laughs> That is not I, I was not in right. church To catch be catching people, people Falling right, out right? right So And my mom was like You were wrong for that And I was mm-hmm. like I, I'm not trying to catch her mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like Wow And, and that was mom's favorite aunt Was well, she Yeah okay. So so I'm, I'm like Okay Yeah I'm not taking this one for the time. Right, right. No, not today. Right, and and when I see all of that, and you know me now, right, people will see me, and they don't know the reason why I don't praise and worship. Mm-hmm. They don't know the reason why. Well, hold on, why. let me correct.
1: You. No, stop. Not
0: praise and worship? No. Okay. Yeah,
1: you praise and worship. Yes, but. But you're, you don't give outward signs. There you go. Okay. There you go. Yeah, be careful, because you said I don't. He's like, well, hold on. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> but, you give God a praise, but yes. you just are not as animated.
0: Yes. And Amy asked me one day, she was like, what's the deal? Why don't you raise and do this and mm-hmm. that? I was like, the way I came up. I always thought it was for attention mm-hmm. coming from that background. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you get me all the time. You're like, hey, man, am I going to see you like do a little wave mm-hmm. or do something? And I think I told you the last time, nope, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Because it'll happen when it's time for it to happen. Mm-hmm. But right now, because I saw too much of it mm-hmm. and I saw it and I was just like, why do I want to be like that? When well, you're part of that about. small
1: percentage, too. Yes. Now, there's a small percentage of people that don't because it's not in their makeup. Yep. There's another part of people who do it, and it is truly because they know what God has brought them through, right? Yes. And they think about it like I do. I think when the Bears score a touchdown, <laughs> I'm going to show up. When Notre right. Dame beats Michigan, it's I'm out of control. Uh, when my son used to go touchdowns for her, I'm losing my mind. When my daughter does her cheerleading and she was turning flips on that, when Coco does all my kids, when they accomplish right. what they accomplish, hey, I'm giving. So my thing was the least I could do mm-hmm. is give God a praise. Now, I was like you, and I grew up growing up in a uh, holiness environment, and I'm, I'm a lot, we may have had 100 plus people, you know, but. A lot of them were family members because my grandmother and grandfathers, my grandmother's cousin or gr- gr- started our church mm-hmm. in Gary. And it was still holiness, right? Um, I saw a few that they would get to you know, shouting and the spirit would hit. And I didn't never christen, but I didn't understand it, mm-hmm. right? And then as I went on through life, I didn't see a lot. And then when I got to the potter's house, so I'll tell you what happened. By this time, I'm I'm on the journey. I'm getting ready to, you know, I'm, I'm making decisions in my life to put my life on right court. And I went to a men's conference and I was sitting there looking at the men and I looked to my left and there's a guy, muscle-bound dude, bawling. And he has his hands up and he is bawling. I had never seen that. Okay. usually I saw women doing it. Okay. I see a few men cut a jig, but I didn't see <laughs> that often. I looked to the right. There's another guy, he's just down on his knees and he's just, he want to soak in whatever it is. At the moment, Bishop talks about how when the spirit of God comes in, Mm -hmm. it's like a cool wind. Mm -hmm. As sure as I'm sitting here, Black and sitting here today, a cool wind came through the potter's house. And it changed. And all of a sudden, tears I didn't even know were coming came. Wow. When I began to... Walk my journey, then it became the fact that, hey, Amen. I'm giving God everything because I there's no way I can say I love God and I'm working with God, mm-hmm. and I can't give Him everything when I give the Bears everything, <laughs> I give Notre Dame everything. Why can't I give the Lord at least some of that? Right? Mm-hmm. I'll go even deeper. Let your favorite song come on, or a concert, or you at the club. Mm-hmm. I stayed on the dance floor with club at the club. I was first one on, last one off. And now I'm giving up this life. Now you know. And I've, I heard a pastor say one time, "We didn't stop dancing; we just changed the music."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that,
1: right? <laughs> and so I said, "Well, shoot! I danced in the club all night. Yeah, you know, last call. I come to church. I'm gonna get mine, right?" and uh, and i love music you yeah. know my oldest daughter has a love for music like i do uh, i love music and so i'm thinking man I'm, i i feel music right and then i was on a worship team mm-hmm. in college we was on i was on a, a, a worship team and we used to go around fort worth and sing for people as guests and then uh i used to sing in a uh men's uh group called uh Gideon's army when we had our church and we traveled around okay And I've always liked music, right? And so I always wanted to give God everything I had, right? I I, want to get it. And I think a lot of times, and and this is not negative, in the white church, you don't see them give up a lot like that because a lot of times I always say, they ain't been through enough yet. Because see, if you go through enough, you you will give God a praise uh, when you come out, Right. And I also feel like a praise team is supposed to usher us to that point. Gotcha. So if I look at your yacht, you're not unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ain't, you ain't gonna affect me at all because I'm too deep,
0: right? I'm grafted
1: in that. But if you if I see you in it, it's gonna be contagious. So I say that to you all the time because I have seen men in my walks of ministry that. Just wouldn't give it to God. Just wouldn't give it to him. Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then one day, it comes. Right. And there's an uncontrollable cry. Ug- what do you call it? Ugly, Ugly. cry comes on. <laughs> and then you give it abortion worship. Because, if, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you. Mm-hmm. Two times, blood clots, mm-hmm. bad car wreck, mm-hmm. fighting all the time. But you made it out, right? Oh, yeah. S- some other things that we didn't discuss that you've talked about in personal— and you still here. Oh, yeah. That's enough to make me start shouting right where I'm sitting <laughs> right now, right? So when I think about those things, because I know, me, man, I know a lot of times, I always say, if it hadn't been for God, if yep. it hadn't been for me willing to to surrender my life to him, I probably would have been on the top floor of Parkland Hospital with tubes all in me from having the AIDS. I know that. Right. So because he's... See, and, and, and that's why I was kidding. I wasn't one of those that freely walked in the door. He snatched me out. <laughs> I I you know, some people just come to Jesus. Right. I didn't do that. I, he <laughs> snatched me out. I now I went to religion. Right. But when I wanted to have a relationship, he said, Oh no, you gonna have a relationship with me and you have no choice. Yeah. Cause I have something for you to do. So I say that to say, whenever I'm saying that to you, mm-hmm. it's because I'm like, I'm I'm waiting. Because I've seen it too many times. The hardest core men—I've seen big men in prison that swore them down, you know, you know—and that right service come right, and they got the ugliest, nastiest <laughs> crying and snorting and snotting all on themselves because that that hardened heart
0: finally cracks, yep. you know. And 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 I totally totally get it because if anybody got something to Celebrate! Mm-hmm. It's me, mm-hmm. and like I tell Amy all the time, I'm like, man, if I'm in the car, I'm. You think I'm in concert? Okay, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the faith part of mm-hmm. it, hands down. Okay, I mean when when I remember early, early in my twenties. You know you're working hard, you're trying to make it, and it just seems like you ain't it, it ain't gonna happen, right, right. right. <clears throat> and always paid my tithes. Mm-hmm. always always didn't matter what it was. Mm-hmm. And one day, I called a water company. It's like, hey, i'm I'm gonna be late on my on my bill mm-hmm. this month." And late on the other end was like, baby are you sure? Is this the right address? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you still have water? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, they came to turn your water off on Friday. hmm And she said, but they couldn't because the alley had flooded. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And so I started laughing. I called my mom. Mm-hmm. I was like, boy, paying them tithes are no joke because man upstairs still took care of me. hmm what alley is going to flood and the sun has been out and shining and not a stitch of rain? Right, right Anywhere. Right. So the faith side has always been there because yeah. coming through two blood clots, car, mm-hmm. and everything else, it's, Multiple, it's just like- almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if, if I was a cat, I'd have six lives left. Mm-hmm. Basically. Basically. Right. You know, and it's, it's so, so it's not that I don't, don't appreciate it or don't have thanks to give. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's there. Mm -hmm. Every time I wake up, every time, I mean, daily, right? right? But I don't know. It's, it's just something about that. Your when, yes, when I see that outwardly, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody mm-hmm. around me, Amy, Amy is, mm-hmm. you know, she sings yes. and everything, and I'm just like, no. But I'm also watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yes. also watching. Yeah, you're on point. You know, yeah. but 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 no, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I should be up on that stage with everybody mm-hmm. else, you know, and and it'll get there. Like I told mm-hmm. Amy, I said I'll get there. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's that one brick at a time, mm-hmm. but. It's, you are right. You, it shouldn't be nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and I sit back and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she told me Sunday, she was like, hey, <clears throat> I saw you rocking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wasn't rocking. She said, yeah, you were. I was like, oh, okay. All right, so the rocking is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you know what? And it's, it's not being
1: critical. It's just, you know, I, I often... Ask, especially men. You know, that's what I'm majoring. In. So I always ask men, "What wall is there?" And you explain. You know, it's what I saw, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was unique or not. What I will say is, the breakthrough comes when my eyes are no longer on people. Yep. And they on him. Yep. Because I'm not worried if yours is unique because I can't change that. I, I can't change if yours is authentic. But I know mine. Yeah. Right. And then the. The, the the good news about that is somebody else is watching you that is just like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we believe our Bible, he says, well, if he did it for him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he'll do it for me because he's not a, 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 a respecter of persons, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody is watching. <clears throat> I believe we all have a group of people that watch our walk that are in that. 60% right. So you have 20 over here that they in. Mm-hmm. You got 20 over here, ain't nothing going to ever get them in until they sitting on their deathbed. Then the first thing they call is Jesus. Right. <clears throat> but you have 60% of people here are watching, trying to see which way they're going to go. I can't speak to all of them. Pastor John can't speak to all of them. Pastor Jace can't speak to them. Bishop can't speak to all of them. Yep. They're part of your unknown congregation, hmm. and they're watching you. And watching how you how you move, how you flow, because they see a lot of you mm-hmm. in them, right? So they're waiting, and then they'll say, my Ridge gave it to baby, and the prayers become more intense. Now God give it to, I want to feel that kind of feeling, right? Because I want that, right? right? So let's talk, so now you're 54. Yep. What's next for
0: Reg? You know, to grow this podcast to where it's just, we are reaching everybody, Mm -hmm. all walks. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's the most important thing about this is that this is a journey that now has a vision Mm -hmm. has been put to this journey Mm -hmm. of where this needs to go Mm -hmm. and where this needs to reach. And I think the more, yeah, it started, yeah, we have celebs on the show and we do things like that. But we also bring you in or Lance's or, Mm -hmm. you know, Matt's or anybody Mm -hmm. that has a story Mm -hmm. and not everybody knows their story. Mm -hmm. And and so the goal is to get everybody's story that I can get. To sit in the chair. Yep. That's got to make a difference and that's what it's all about. That's mm-hmm. what it's been about ever since we started it. Mm-hmm. And and it's crazy because when you sit back it's just like, wow. Okay. So so you put your mind to something and I'm going to be relentless mm-hmm. in making it successful and affecting as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. And you know, if that means you all keep numbers. Uh, Charlotte does. So, what what is your audience like right now? It's it's growing. It's it's still small, mm-hmm. but it's it's growing, and I think it's just that once it is out there, because you got to understand, we're only 20, 20 shows in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like okay, this is. This is how we need to roll with it, right. and and it's gonna grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having you on the show and <clears throat> and everybody and and people hearing, mm-hmm. and it's funny because when you talked about it earlier, half of the times you, the people the person you married to, you don't know everything about them. Right. You see them, yeah. Yes. You you're married to yeah. them, but yeah. you don't know everything about them, right? Because everybody's got some secrets. Mm-hmm. But when you get it out there, you talk about it. Like, like, like Pastor John said, this is what, we're carrying hope mm-hmm. to where we are. Mm-hmm. And this podcast is one of those ways to do it. And, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do. And, and as you see, we talk about everything.
1: And you should. It, being transparent, I have always said being transparent is so healing. And when you allow people to be transparent with your response not being judgmental, yep, you don't know who gets set free or delivered based on that conversation, right? And so, again, I say that I think it's an awesome platform. Yeah. I think you've done an excellent job with the platform. I Thank think they you. need to know. I, th- I do believe in my heart that because now the host has been transparent it allows other people to come because a lot of times we come, we want to ask people they story, but we want to tell my ours. Oh yeah, right. So when you tell your own, it allows people to come and say, well, if he could talk about this, maybe I can unpack some layers of myself that I haven't shared in years, right? Oh yeah, and there will be people that do that, and so uh, I just think it's great. I appreciate being a part of this this time. I was looking so far. <laughs> <laughs> to find out about Ridge, I want to know who is this joker, right?
0: But you know what, though, Rob? It, and, and that's the way it is. I, I, we were talking about it the other day, and I told Amy, I was like, man, I'm nervous. Okay, like, I haven't been on this side. Right. And and, and, and I'm like, man. You don't ooh, know what I'm going to I don't know, and I already know Rob. <laughs> Rob is going to pull it out. So I, hopefully he don't go too deep <laughs> 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 to where I'm like— I got to go home and pack all my stuff because I got to move. <laughs> right, right.
1: No, I think it's important that people who know you uh, in whatever layer of circle that you're in at the time, your people that are here and the people that will to come. Yeah. I think it's so important that they learn who you are. So then they even want to participate. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and they're more open. So again, thank you, my man. I appreciate you. <laughs> hey man, I'm. It's I'm always glad you, a pleasure. I'm to glad be you in came presence.
0: On. Hey man, this is this is how we roll. At least man. I know I'm safe. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I know I ain't not going bad. Gonna happen yeah. to me. Oh no no right no. So and, we're good. Oh, oh yeah, we're good. And, and and I mean the the way I said thank you because you did bring stuff out that I don't talk about because that's not yeah that's that's me but. But, you know, thank you again. Thank all of our listeners. This is Reggie. You see me. Now you know my story. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me, but you don't know my story.